Hey guys, what's going on? Cameron here with The Lawn Care Life in Missouri. Man, I'm back. So, took a little trip, man. It was like a 10-day trip. We drove, I don't know, like almost 4,000 miles. It was something crazy. We left Missouri, headed west. Um, our first stop was in Texas, which was 10 hours away. It took us like 12 and a half, 13 by the time you stop. Grab some food, get something to drink. Like 13 hours later, maybe even a little more, we're finally at our destination. We arrive in Amarillo, Texas, hung out there for, um, let's see, a couple of nights, I think. And then after that, we made our way over uh, west and we went to Arizona. So that's where we kind of, that was our, that was our real destination, Arizona. So we went to Tucson, Arizona, population of about, I'm gonna say 250,000 maybe, 200,000, 250,000, somewhere around there. But we didn't stick around in in the city, man. We went out, I mean, if you go west, you're not going out there for the city. You're going out there to experience the landscape of the west. So we checked out the, and it, I'm gonna really kill this name because it's it's pronounced nothing like it's spelled but it was the sawara sawara i think that's it sawara and that's probably wrong i think it's saworo actually saworo national park that's where we went man over by uh over by tucson arizona and we hung out there because the cool thing about that national park it's named after the cactus out there which are the saguaro cactus they're the cactus that are like 30 40 50 feet tall something crazy it was like unbelievable we have a picture of uh, me and my wife standing next to one of this giant i mean it's a giant man it's probably 40 feet tall maybe even a little bit more but it makes us look i mean just tiny it's just it's crazy how big these things are they're like trees over there and so we went over there, took my father-in-law over there. He's been battling some health issues here recently and uh, thought it'd be cool to take him over there. Um, he's been wanting to see these cactus for a long time. So we took him over there and hung out in Arizona, checking out the cactus. Um, there was, man, it was just, it was pretty crazy. So, you know, here in Missouri, you got, you got the grass, green grass most of the time. It's completely brown now it kind of looks like the desert but for the most part it rains so much here it's usually green pretty much all year round we got a lot of underbrush we got a lot of uh you know growth in the woods we got tall tall trees we got oak trees that are 100 150 years old here we got pine trees we have um uh, you know we we got uh cedar trees we got all kinds of trees and then you go to Arizona, man, there's like zero trees. There's little bushes, <laughs> if you can even call them bushes. They look dead. And then there's cactus. There's like 10 different varieties of cactus over there. And so um, all you see are cactus. You don't see any trees. You don't see any grass. It's all desert, dirt, sand, cactus. That's all you see. So we get there, and we're checking it all out. We're pretty amazed by just the desert, the whole desert thing. And then, um, and then, the, and then we we you know we checked out all the cactus. We did all that, uh, kind of in some mountainous areas, 
And then after that, so this whole area through there, um, I'm going to back up a little bit. This whole area through there is called the Sonoran Desert. So in the Sonoran Desert, that's the only place where these uh, saguaro cactus will will live, will thrive, because it's got to be the certain climate, certain humidity, certain temperature, um, certain elevation, all this stuff has to come together. And it's a small band. It's like a little portion of California, um, a little portion of Arizona, New Mexico, and Mexico. So that's like the only place these cactus will grow. And so we go, we check it out. Um, we experience these huge cactus and we take a bunch of pictures, shoot a bunch of videos, and then we head to this mountain. So there's this one area over by Tucson. It's, uh, what's it called? Mount Lemon. So Mount Lemon over in the Arizona, uh, Tucson, Arizona area, it's, um, it's this huge mountain. It's like desert floor below, and then it goes up to like 9,000 feet at the peak. And when you get up to the peak, you have all this growth. So along the way it's like 26 miles from the desert floor up to the peak of the mountain so we start climbing up this mountain climbing up this mountain you get about two three four thousand feet up you start um, noticing that the cactus are getting a little smaller uh, they're getting a little bit more thin and then when you get above four thousand feet there's like no cactus at all so these cactus can only survive and thrive in certain temperatures and once you get up to about four thousand feet in elevation they're, uh, they just won't live. They won't live up there. So you get up to about 4,000 feet, you start seeing uh, maybe a little bit of cedar trees, a little evergreen. Um, you start seeing some pines. Some, I'm talking small trees. These are real small. And the farther you go up, the bigger and bigger and the more mature the trees get. So five, 6,000 feet, you start seeing a little bit taller pine trees and fir trees. And they got some aspen trees over there. It's kind of like Colorado with the... Um, the type of trees that are growing over there and just the uh, the the environment so they say from the desert floor to the peak of the mountain it's 9,000 feet in elevation and on top of that um, the temperature will drop five degrees every thousand feet that you climb so if you get to the very very top um, the average temperature is about 30 degrees cooler than the desert floor so we're leaving the desert floor and it's like 106 degrees down there and we're like you know burning up we got the ac on there's not any shade at all because it's complete desert no trees so you're in your car if you're out any at all there's no shade so you're just out there in the sun the whole time so um you know 106 degrees on the desert floor and we start climbing, start climbing this mountain. Like I said, we get about four, 5,000 feet up. You can't see any of these huge cactus anymore. They just won't thrive, won't grow. Um, and then the temperature starts dropping. So by the time we get to the top of the mountain, it's like under 70 degrees. It was like 67 degrees. And it was 106 degrees on the desert floor. So that's the, that's the difference in the uh, temperature just in 26 miles the from the bottom of the desert floor to the peak of the mountain it's only 26 miles they said that this uh this mountain once you climb it the diversity that you see in the landscape and the temperature and the climate is equivalent to driving from mexico to canada so if you were to drive from mexico 
and leave there and just check out the landscape, check out the climate, the temperature, all that, and you were to go from there all the way north to Canada, that's that's what you can experience, you know, going from this base of this Mount Lemmon all the way to the peak, all the way to the top, just in 26 miles. So it's crazy. Um, you get up there to the very top, the very peak, and it's a forest. It's just unbelievable. There's huge pine trees. There's huge fir trees. Um, there's big aspen trees. And so, you know, you get to check all that out. It was actually cold up there. We had a little picnic, a little lunch at the top of the mountain and a lot of trees. So a lot of shade, a lot of wind from being at the top of the mountain. And it was actually cold up there. I mean, going from 106 degrees to 60 something, everybody was like freezing and wanting to put their jacket on or sweatshirt or whatever they could find, blanket or whatever. So it was pretty amazing, man. It's just, it's pretty cool the way God has uh, just designed and created everything here on earth. So uh, it was awesome to check that out and see that. The first time I've ever, ever have seen uh, the saguaro cactus and the national park and uh, this huge mountain. So spent a lot of time there. Um, man, it, there's, you know, on the way home, we're leaving Arizona. We're going through uh, Oklahoma and Texas, you know, and there's just, you could just see where it starts turning a little bit green, but it's pretty dry and brown. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're down in Arizona, there's no lawn care down there. Nobody's mowing. Matter of fact, the place we stayed, it looked like a mess, like nobody had mowed it all year. Um, just little sprigs coming up through the rocks and through the dry dirt here and there. And then across the road, there was actually um, a house that had a rock landscape. So there was no grass at all in their lawn, just completely rock throughout the whole thing. And then there was this one guy and he was on the corner of this whole area where we stayed. And it was the only lawn in the whole neighborhood that had any green grass at all. And it was like unbelievable. It's like he waters it all day long, every single day, and he mows it every other day. And it just, it looked perfect. I mean, it was, it was just perfect, nice and green, uh, nice smooth cut. He did the edging as well, so all the uh, sidewalks, there's a lot of sidewalks there and driveways, um, they were done really, really nice. So it was like this one yard in the middle of the desert that looked perfect, and then everybody else was like, you know, didn't even care about their lawn at all. So if you're a lawn care guy, I could just imagine being a lawn care guy living in this area, and you're like, you know that lawn right there? And everybody knows it. Everybody talks about it. like, man, I want to mow that lawn. I mean, it was so small. It probably would have taken you 20 minutes at the most to mow it and trim it and blow it all off. But, you know, as a lawn care guy, I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this lawn right here, that is the lawn that I want to take care of in this neighborhood. All these other ones, it's like, you know, grass, just weeds and mainly weeds, not much grass, but just growing up through the cracks and the rocks and the around the sidewalk and the and around the house and you know around the chain link fence or whatever so it was uh it was pretty interesting i never saw the water come on we were gone most actually we were gone pretty well um, all day long every day that we were there so i didn't see the the water come on or anything like that but he must have been wired that sucker all night long and uh yeah it was just it was pretty neat to see that one lawn and the whole neighborhood that uh 
that was really nice. And I was like, you know, if I lived here, I would be that guy right there. I'd be wanting to have some, some green grass and a nice lawn amongst all this dead, dry desert landscape. So I know it probably took a whole lot for him to get that place looking good and keeping it, you know, nice and and uh looking fresh and clean but it's uh it definitely was worth it i should have went over there and knocked on his door and be like hey man i just want to tell you i'm a lawn guy and you have the best lawn in the in the city here it's just it was so nice so that's kind of how that went um we did stay at like i said we went to uh we went to tucson we stayed there most of the time i don't know probably five nights or so something like that but there was a lot of driving man it took like 10 hours from Missouri to Texas took like 10 hours. And then when, when we left Texas and headed to Arizona, it took another like 11 or 12 hours. So it was like 25, 26 hours total, just one way of driving. So it was a whole lot of driving, but we got to see a lot of scenery along the way, man. It's, um, it's nothing like here in our area. There's, it's just open, um, you know, mountains, when you get closer to Arizona, it's just nothing but mountains surrounding you. So it was pretty neat to wake up every morning and go outside and just enjoy what God created. You know, enjoy the uh, the desert floor, enjoy the mountains that you could see in the in the distance, and then just to get in there and and to uh, to explore all those things. You know, one of the things that everybody talked about everywhere we went was rattlesnakes it was like they had signs everywhere beware of rattlesnakes watch for rattlesnakes rattlesnakes are um you know gonna be in this area so look out for them and so i'm thinking the whole time i'm like man we're probably gonna see a rattlesnake while we're out here you know so i'm looking hard we're we're kind of hiking the desert area on you know a few days we do hike a little ways it's not a whole lot but um, we did get out there and hike in the desert so you know, some of those trails are pretty narrow, some of them are wide, but in the narrow areas, I'm looking to the side, I'm like, you know, there's got to be a snake somewhere out here, there's got to be a, we did see one snake in the whole trip, but it wasn't a rattlesnake, I took a quick video of it, zoomed in real close, and I was like, nope, that's not a rattlesnake, so I don't even know what kind of snake it was, a really long snake, but it, uh, it definitely wasn't a rattlesnake, but I was hoping I'd see one out there, you know, and at a distance, didn't want to get real close, but I was thinking, you know, if I could see a rattlesnake out here, it'd be real cool. Um, it had a whole lot of signs. I mean, a whole lot of signs. Everywhere you went, it was like the number one thing was watch for rattlesnakes. Number two thing was um, it's hot. It's the desert. Drink more than enough water. So as long as you could do those two things, you were going to survive the desert. I couldn't imagine, you know, living in the desert or crossing the desert years and years and years ago when there was absolutely nothing. There's not much out there right now, but... You know, when there was absolutely no roads at all, you're out there in the desert wandering around, crossing the desert. It's like, how did those people survive? I like to go back to way back, you know, whenever um, they did do that. You know, they first found found that area. And it's like, what would it have been like way back then? You know, it had been pretty neat. And just, you know, the the road going up to the mountain. It's like, how in the world did they build this road going up through the mountain? You know, how I many years ago? What did, it, what did it look like back then? I just like to go back and just think about those things because it, it was just really neat, really neat uh, trip. We had a whole lot of fun. Um, got to see some, some things we'll probably never, ever see again. And, uh, you know, we went to this lake that was surrounded by the mountains. I've kind of, I've really never seen a lake that was surrounded by mountains like that before. 
so that was pretty cool too so you know had a fun trip um just got back late last night uh this morning i went out and i just picked up a belt for the ventrac so before i left i was uh, working on a power raking job i was doing really good i was like this is the last job that i have to get done before we leave for the trip uh, once I knock it out, I'm like, man, I'm, we're all set. Let's head off, you know, on the trip. And about halfway through that job, um, I noticed something and I looked over and it was my belt. My belt was like slowly coming apart. So the threads in my belt or whatever you want to call it, were just slowly peeling back and getting wrapped up around different things. And I'm like, oh man, I saw it as soon as it happened and I didn't know what was going on at first because I really don't know this Ventrac real well, you know, the ins and outs and, and all that, um, until something like this happens. And, you know, as soon as I throttle down a little bit, I'm like, oh, man, that's that belt. So uh, I had to quit the job. I could not finish. The belt didn't fly in completely in two, but it's close as you will get to coming uh, completely apart. So this morning I went to the uh, parts store, went to O'Reilly, picked up a belt for it and I'm sitting in the truck here with the belt. I'm going to get off here and I'm going to put the belt on and then I'm going to finish up that Ventrac job, that power raking job. And then I'll shoot some uh, videos, some pictures and throw those up on Instagram and Facebook if you want to check those out. I didn't set up the camera for any type of uh, YouTube video on this one because it was one of these jobs that I was trying to hurry and get in and get out. Man, it takes a long time to create content. I don't know if you guys create a whole lot of content for YouTube, but it takes a lot, a lot of work. Not only just creating the different angles for the videoing and moving the camera around on the tripod and stopping the machine and getting off of it and back on. I mean, you could literally do one job that would take you two hours to knock out, and it could take you double that or five six hours to uh to complete just by moving your camera around and stopping the tractor and getting on and off and trying to figure out different angles and viewpoints and and trying to create a story around that so you know um i really enjoy creating videos for youtube um just to show guys what different pieces of equipment are capable of doing because a lot of guys you know a lot of guys don't have a ventrac um you know, Ventrac was nice enough to uh, to allow me to participate in this program or this contest and, you know, last year and allow me to really try it out and put it to the test, man. And it's like if, if more people knew what this machine could do, I think more people would be drawn to it and be wanting to buy one because it's it's just an unbelievable machine. It's just like a skid steer um, until you've used it, until you've ran it, until you've tried out the different attachments. It's like why didn't I have one of these before? Why haven't I always had one of these? And that's how I feel about the, the Ventrac, you know, with the different attachments. It's like, man, how did I do this before? Why didn't I get this, you know, a long time ago? Um, you know, the mower, it just cuts grass and that's about it. But this Ventrac or a skid steer or something comparable, uh, you can just do so much more with it. You can make more money per hour. You can tackle, you know, just kind of um, difficult jobs or really unique um, different jobs that maybe other people in your area can't tackle. So it's just a neat, neat machine to have. And, you know, I really enjoy creating videos around that just to show guys 
out there that maybe, are, you know, were like me for the last 20 years um, running a lawn care business. I never knew anything really about Ventrac until about 2018 when my buddy Shuby with JBS Lawn and Landscaping started showing me and talking to me about the Steiner. The more um, I looked into the Steiner, the more I looked into the Ventrac, and I was like, man, you know what? That Ventrac's something that I would really like to get, you know, in the future, and I wish I would have jumped on it a whole lot sooner, but I'm thankful that um, I have the opportunity right now, and I have the machine to try out and test out and uh, check it out. So just trying to share with you guys, you know, on the YouTube videos, I do have about three or four videos that... Um, or I should say I have about, yeah, about three or four different jobs that I've tackled that I did video. I just haven't had time to edit the videos and upload the videos. So it'll take me a while to get that done, but they're coming. Um, you know, if you guys are out there listening, maybe you're running different types of equipment that maybe other people aren't running, man, shoot some video of it. You know, I know it takes a lot longer, but if you could, uh, shoot some different, video footage of that piece of equipment, maybe those different attachments, um, you know, and just, just help out the lawn care community, the landscape community, and just show guys, you know, out there what uh, what's out there. If I wouldn't have met Shuby with JBS Lawn and Landscaping up in PA, I never would have be, even been interested in the Ventrac. I mean, he's the one that really showed me what the Steiner 450 could do. I was pretty amazed by what he was out there doing. I was really intrigued just soaking it all in. You know, I, he would he would send me videos. He would send me pictures. And he would talk to me a lot about the attachments that he was uh, running. And, and it really piqued my interest, really got me um, spinning my wheels over here thinking, you know what, I could really use something like that in our area to do all kinds of different things because I've always gotten a lot of phone calls to do different services. But... At the same time, I, you know, I didn't have the uh, proper equipment to get the job done. So now that I do, man, it's just like, you know, share it with others. Show others what's out there. Show others what's available. Um, just want to encourage you guys, if you got like a skid steer or maybe a, a mini X or, um, you know, you name it. If, if you got a unique piece of equipment that a lot of people probably don't have their hands on or a lot of people aren't showing content on it. Put it out there, man. Show other guys. Maybe it's the battery-powered stuff. You know, it's kind of popular right now, but only a handful of uh, people are really documenting it and showing what it can do. So, you know, just things like that, man. Just anything that can help out the lawn care community. I just, I just want to encourage you guys to create some video around it. Find some time. Just like the podcast, you know, share your story, share your journey, share your experience. Motivate and inspire others to go out and to run a lawn care business or to do their own thing, become their own boss, become an entrepreneur. So uh, that's what all this social media stuff is about. It's not about um, showing people what you're up to, showing people what you're doing, um, just to, you know, just to say, look at me or look what I've done or look what I've accomplished or look at my business or, or, you know, it's not anything about that. It's, basically to motivate, inspire, and show others what is out there, what, um, you know, what kind of opportunities are out there for maybe yourself, maybe for others uh, in your lawn and landscaping business. So, whoo, man, it is toasty here. It's already, the real feels already 106 at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm sweating. I'm burning up. It's toasty. I'm going to go over here in the shade and probably sweat a whole lot more trying to get this belt on 
and uh, and get to work. But guys, I appreciate you listening. I've got a lot of um, podcasts to catch up on. This is LCBU, and I don't even know what number it is, man. You guys are going to have to go back and look, check it out. I'll put the uh, LCBU number in the title, but um, for Tony, Aaron, and Phil, uh, appreciate you guys participating in the LCBU. Um, I've been slacking. I haven't had a time. I've been on vacation, but I'm back now. And here it is, the first day back. I'm putting out a podcast. So i uh, got a lot of catching up to do to listen to you guys and your podcast. But I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you're having a good day, man. I'm Cameron with The Lawn Care Life in Missouri. We'll catch you on the next one. And as always, God provides. <laughs>